Hi, this is Andrea Nardello, and I am talking with Hal and Philly, and you're listening to Tales of the Road Warriors. Yo, what's up? This is Hal in Philly, and you're listening to my podcast, Tales of the Road Warriors, which Andrea Nardello, my guest, just introduced. This is week one of the Halpocalypse. Uh, that's right, I'm in my basement as usual. Ordinarily, that's not a big deal because that's where I usually record my podcast. But this time, it feels different because, you see, we're in quarantine. So we're being told by the government we have to stay inside our homes. A lot of us have, have not been outside except for maybe to go, go for a walk, uh, run to the store and run back. What a lot of people are doing are calling out and ordering their groceries. Like, for instance, I work for shipped part-time. So I'll go to uh, Target or Weiss Market or uh, CVS Drugstore, and I'll bring people their groceries or their prescriptions so they don't have to leave the house. So I'm doing some vital work, unbeknownst to the rest of you. Um, I'm part of the solution. <laughs> so anyway, so Andrea Nardello, uh, let me uh, tell you a little bit about my next guest. Most of what you need to know is actually... In the conversation itself. But you know what? Before I go on, I got to tell you, I have, there's a contest. That's right. You can win our grand prize, an entire sheet of Kirkland toilet paper from Costco. You love the store. You hate the annual membership fee, Costco. Anyway, you'll win an entire sheet of toilet paper. It's uh, very precious these days. So like one sheet is now equivalent to what an entire roll used to cost. Second prize is a homemade sanitized handy wipe made from a sterile gauze pad soaked in a solution containing water, alcohol, a splash of dish soap, hand lotion, and a dash of lemon juice sealed in a glad freezer bag. To win, simply listen to this episode with Andrea Nardello and answer this question. How many radio disc jockeys have compared her to Brandy Carlisle? Send your answer in an email to halandphilly at gmail.com and get on the mailing list and you will be automatically entered to win a free sheet of Kirkland toilet paper or our second prize of a homemade sanitized handy wipe. All right. So now let's go talk to Andrea Nardello. Seriously. Do you pronounce it Andrea or Andrea? Andrea. Oh, good. I always say, say it with a Jersey, say it with a Jersey accent. Yeah, I didn't even used to ask, but since I lived in California for 28 years, and like 50% of the time they they say Andrea, I end up now asking. So you're a Jersey girl? I am a Jersey girl. Okay, I wasn't sure because I thought, you know, you could go either way, either South Philly or you'd fit right in with, uh, you know, Snooky and Mike and uh, <laughs> Jim yeah, Ronnie. Yeah, I am. Um, I feel like I feel like where I am South Jersey wise, it's it's way more like Philly than it is. Because we're twenty minutes over the bridge. It's, I've always felt closer to the Philadelphia met- mentality versus New York City. Oh, okay. So that's and curious. I lived in I lived in Atlanta for a little while. So I got and and I lived in West Virginia for a little while. So I got a little bit of the Southern charm. All right. So how's it going? Yeah, it's good. It's always busy. How that's the one thing about me. That's the secret. Well, you know what? My daddy always said, if you want to get something done, ask a busy person. From the bio, and uh, it says, comparisons to Melissa Etheridge and Sean Colvin for melding pop songwriting smarts with a confessional and literate songwriting style. 
So, well, first of all, I want to tell you, you know, I met Sean Colvin once. Did you? Yeah, I was hosting an open mic. Somebody asked me to start an open mic in Studio City, and he brought Sean Colvin in to do like three Well, songs. that's very random and wonderful. I know, right? Like, I didn't know who she was She's at the time. She's fabulous, yeah. Yeah, but I could, I could totally see the comparisons, you know. You get that a lot? I, you know, it's interesting. I, um, I get that a lot. I, get, I definitely get Melissa Etheridge a lot. I've gotten Brandy Carlisle every once in a while. I've, I've gotten Ani DeFranco. Um, but, uh, you know, it's depending on the type of show and stuff like that too, you'll, uh, you'll get different, you'll, you'll get different vibes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a compliment. It's I'll take it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Does <laughs> it bother you? Is it complimentary? I get Cheryl Crow too. No, I, um, I, I think it's, listen, every time I hear an artist, the first thing I think of is who their influences are and what they sound like. And it is very rare that you can't find at least one band where you would say, or artist where you would say, she or he sounds a little bit like that. Um, even if it's a combo um, or like their voice sounds like this or, you know, their lyrics, they're, yeah. I definitely take it as a compliment. I don't take it as an insult. I, I, I do the same thing when I hear another uh, band or, or artist. Yeah, I do too. I don't think we can help ourselves. And I'm glad you, you answered it that way because, you know, some people get so bugged by that. Like, I don't want to be the, the next uh, Melissa Etheridge. I want to I be the first uh, no. Andrew Nardella. Yeah, it's okay yeah. to have influences. I, I agree with you. I compl- here's, why, here's the other reason why I disagree with that whole statement is you can't tell me that the, the songs that you write and the, the way that you create doesn't have anything to do with the music that you've listened to your entire life. Like that is just, I think it's BS. I don't agree with it. And so therefore you shouldn't get mad <laughs> when yeah. somebody says, you know, oh, who yeah. are your influences or how, you know, cause I hear sometimes like I also, I was a big nineties music fan and I, I, I hear that come across in my writing and yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me at all. You know, my sister used to yell at me because I I, used to, I cover a lot of I do a lot of covers, so, so I'd be like singing David Bowie, like mm. David Bowie. I'd sing Neil Young, like Neil Young. My sister, like, Hal, stop trying to imitate people whose songs you're singing. Do do them in your own voice. And again, though, it goes back to like, well, what do you want to do? Do you do you do you want to make it your own, or do you want to cover it exactly like it's covered? It's it's really. Personal preference. Yeah, I've since seen the wisdom in what she says, I, and I try to do things like make them my own now. I think I think there is a sure. comes to a point where if if you're covering somebody else, then you have to make it your own. We already know what David Bowie sounds like when he sings it. Now, as all of your fans probably know, you sang with Brandy Carlisle at her All Women's Festival in Mexico after winning a contest. So, mm-hmm. I, I was just curious, what did you have to do to enter that contest? They basically announced the contest on Instagram and whatever social media sites that she has, but you actually had to do the contest submission through Instagram. So, and it was a very simple process where you covered one of Brandy's songs and then you put a hashtag in your submission. And then like a month later, they basically just commented or sent you a message on Instagram whether or not you won. And it was, it was really easy. And same thing happened again this year. She's, she's continuing to do her festival and it's really, um, really, really a special, 
Uh, did you event. enter it again? I, I did. I didn't get it this time, but uh, I, I entered and we, we watched some really, really talented people um, sing with her this year. And it was a lot of fun. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a good time. You know, one observation though, Andrea, in the last quarter of the video you did of Girls Just Wanna, she she mm-hmm. stepped into the mic and completely blocked your view. And fortunately, <laughs> fortunately, she got out of the way for the big finish, but you absolutely killed it. In in fairness, the stomping blocks that they used to make that bass noise was literally right in front of my mic. And right, <laughs> yeah, so she had to go there to use the stomp box. She had to go there. There was no, there was no other way for her to do what she needed to do, so I, I, don't, I don't blame her for blocking my view. <laughs> And then when she did step yeah. a little bit away, then the the um, the headstock of her guitar was blocking your face. It was kind of <laughs> comical in a way. <laughs> Listen, I'm tiny. I I tend to not see shows because I can't. You know, I'm I'm, I'm a short person. But uh, yeah, it's, it's very easy to block uh, to block <laughs> <me> physically. <laughs> Where in Mexico is that? It's the Riviera Maya. It's the Hard Rock resort and it's really one of the coolest places to see music because everything is right there you get daytime shows on the beach you get nighttime shows in the pavilion and the staff is just incredible the way they treat you and take care of you and the music lineup that she puts together is just ridiculous so it's a it's a really cool and everything's right there so you don't you don't have to leave. Um, it's all inclusive. So it's really, it's just a, a beautiful space. So did you get to see any uh, of Mexico while you were there? How long were you there? Oh, no. It's definitely an intense three, four days of music. So you 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 transport in and then pretty much the first day starts the, the initial set. And then I think music starts at three o'clock every day. And then during the day, she also does a ton of stuff or pretty much any activity that you would think you would want while you were on vacation. We did morning meditation with Cheryl Crow. We did yoga. We did, um, they had like a lip sync contest. They had a service retreat with a, a group called positive legacy where they went and cleaned beaches. They had, you know, all sorts of things that you could do. They had like a singles mixer they had a cooking lesson from one of the artists. Like it's really a very, very active festival with a lot of cool cool stuff to do they did a writing session they have a a, a jam session because everybody that is a fan of brand news is not everybody but most people are musicians too so we had a jam circle every day at noon so it's it's a really cool cool event but like you didn't get enough time to like go out into mexico and get in trouble though like get you know no 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 there's no time for that all, all music all the time i mean you could choose to do that but you would miss half the festival right <laughs> So Dan, if you do, Dan, Dan, if you don't, so you didn't get yeah. like, like a little bit, you know, uh, to keel it out there. Now, it was all I'm work, FOMO, all work, no play. I'm a FOMO person. Yeah, I wanted to stay right in the middle of everything. <laughs> I didn't want to miss a thing. Because yeah, that's no, the other thing too. You're embedded, you know, you're embedded in the music community. So I mean, we we met the Indigo Girls. We sat next to the Secret Sisters. You know. Um, I met her vocal coach. Like you, you really can, when you're in the, the mix with everybody, you really can, um, meet and, and interact with a lot of the artists. So that's also really special too. You enjoyed Mexico and you were very productive there, but that's not where the adventure happened, but we're going to get to that. Um, 
Now, let's see. You named a top emerging artist to know from NPR. You made a nice name for yourself in the tri-state area, winning the prestigious Philadelphia Songwriters Project Contest and the Tri-State Indies Acoustic Artist of the Year. So you have a thing for contests, apparently, and it doesn't hurt that you won. Let's see, WSTS's Award for Folk Song of the Year a couple times with uh, Mm -hmm. Leave the Light On and Home to Me. Yep. What was that like? What what time period are we talking from? Like twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen? Yeah, those those are all kind of I would say like two years old, maybe even four, because was it Fire and Echo were the EPs that those came off of. There's a collection of radio stations that you know play local artists. WSCW is is one of them, and XPN is obviously the other. Those are the ones that I have the you know the best relationships with. Whenever you win an award like that and it's you're judged by your peers, you know, industry professionals, it just it feels good and, and it feels validated and it feels especially like the NPR thing was was last year and that just Is that where you were doing um human in the the, the tiny desk studio? Yeah, so so I didn't um so they, they choose NPR chooses one winner for the tiny desk thing and I didn't win that. There were ten Philly emerging artists that were um, posted on the list that I was on. And they're some of my favorite artists. It's it's definitely across a lot of different genres, I would say, like uh, Rachel, Andy, or Aliwan and Bethlehem and Sad Patrick. Like the the breadth of of genres that were in that category was really deep and, and wide. And so that was super special. And also just NPR is just one of those outlets that you just <laughs> you have a lot of respect for and so yeah it, it's it's it means a lot it, it goes a long way i mean that's you know, our thing we're, this, pro- we're progressive yeah so. exactly so yeah it, it's a huge it's a huge honor it really makes you feel like you're doing the right things and 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 it gives you a little bit of a a boost to to keep going with with the momentum that you have and and create and and push through because lord knows this business can be trying at times i was going to ask you about that because the the kind of support you need growing up as a musician it, it's very important so, and were your parents like so my parents were always super supportive i think the only thing my parents ever worried about with music is safety so you're out you're traveling it's late now we do house concerts. We just show up at random people's homes <laughs> and stay the night. You know, house concerts are so <laughs> cool, though. Oh my gosh, yes, of course they are. And but it's also it's kind of like the the old mentality where you know Uber is now a thing. Back in the day, if you ever got into a stranger's car and told them to take you from point A to point B, people would look at you like you were crazy. But now we just do it every day without even thinking about it. Same thing with house shows. You know, my mom was starting asking me questions. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to this person's house and we're going to play some music. It's just, well, do you know them? I'm like, nah, not really. But, you know, you just kind of get a sense of who people yeah. are. And you hope well, for well it's probably scary. <laughs> if you go to house concerts, like, across the country, you, you, know, you do that for a living, like some of the people I know. And, and uh, you have to do, like, go to couchsurfing.com and, like, find a place to, sl- you have to, to crash. You have to I think, uh, again, you just have to be smart and, and, and vet people out. But I, I did get to bring my parents to a music festival in Florida that I performed at over Mother's Day weekend. And they kind of got a glimpse of the community that I choose to put myself in. And it's all really, really good people, really sweet. Everybody was 
obviously very nice and, you know, having a good time and the music is uplifting. You know, it was, it was a very good thing for them to witness because I think it takes the nerves out of, of uh, wondering where I am and who I'm with and if it's safe. So right. I, I think that's the outside of that. My parents have always been really supportive of, of what I want to do and and still do. Did you, um, what time did like how old were you when you started? You know, did you start on the, the uh, guitar or the My parents had a piano a baby grand piano and we my brother my oldest brother played guitar and i actually really liked the drums when i was younger and so i think probably around like eight my brothers started to get instruments and i started to get either leftovers or instruments and, and that was also the time where <laughs> did, did you guys have like charlie actually, chips did you have the charlie chips pretzel cans that you could oh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Before you get your first soft, drum set, you could bang on those soft bands and, and and wooden spoons. Yeah, I was <laughs> definitely. Um, we we used to cut out paper guitars and and have like listening shows in the backyard. We we did a bunch of goofy stuff. I was definitely always a, a ham for sure. Besides just you know wanting to play music, and then yeah, I took to guitar probably in like high school, and then really started to write songs. Um, did and you take really lessons start, or just really, kind of teach yourself off a of YouTube video? I kind of, yeah, I taught myself. I took lessons and then I got really frustrated because I, my brain just doesn't operate that way to learn, you know, by counting and reading and all that stuff. Guitar tablature really was what kind of made sense to me and then playing by ear. And then it really wasn't until later in life that I started to do like open mics because I was very believe it or not shy and didn't want to play my music out. <laughs> so it was a, it was a later in life type of decision for me to, uh, to really go after a music career. Did you start when you did open mics, you started right away with original songs? Yeah, I did. I went for it, uh, in West Virginia. Well, in, so when I was in college in West Virginia, we did a lot of shows where I say, I always say we, cause I'm always referencing my band, but it was really just me, uh, in West, West Virginia. Um, I would do a lot of cover gigs. Like I would go to the bar and play for four hours and, you know, they would give you free booze and a couple bucks and, you know, you would, uh, I would sneak my originals in every once in a while there. Right. And then, uh, and then open mics in Atlanta were actually more focused on original music. So I would go there and, and test stuff out. And, and then they also had, you know, Eddie's Attic, they had open mic contest and they had um, this old bar had a again big, with the contests. You know, <laughs> well, you know, I'm I'm a type A man. I am uh, I like I'm an athlete. Competitive. I'm competitive, and so it's just like hey, well, and then also they would give you cool things. They would give you recording time and stuff like that. Like why not throw your name in the hat? Hell yeah. Um, Good advice. And now, yeah, now I even though sometimes like. I know some people, I don't think that music should be a competition. Like I really don't. I have taken the opposite approach to music. I would rather bring, you know, five musicians with me on tour and create like an incredible bill than try to hoard, you know, my contacts to myself and go alone. Um, so I've definitely taken that approach because I, I feel like Philly is a very supportive music community and, Everybody helps each other out, and that's the way it should be. I don't think it should be kind of cutthroat, step on each other, competition stuff. But if you want to enter a contest, enter a contest. It's, there's nothing wrong with that. You're, according to your bio, you've toured extensively, opening for uh, Kobe Collette, Brandy Carlisle, Gabe Dixon, Emerson Hart, 
of Tonic Fame, Tim Reynolds of the Dave Matthews Band, Ron Pope, and of course, I met you when you opened for Toby Lightman at the World Cafe Live. Oh, Toby's fantastic, yes. And I'm grateful that I got to meet you when I went to see Toby there. I think you were the perfect person to open, and you, you two complimented each other a lot. Yeah, she's she's pretty incredible. I remember seeing her live a couple of years ago. We played the same festival, and, and I've kind of followed her. I've followed her career ever since then. She's, she's really fantastic. I noticed one thing we both... Um, had you know I'm related to Toby, so I noticed that we both had like our families there. So I could tell mm-hmm. you, you have strong family ties. I was sitting at a that's table a, with my her dad and my cousins, and and then uh, I noticed like you had the whole cheering section too. Yeah, well, everybody always. It's funny because my my parents, you know, just uh, sold our childhood home and, and moved down the shore, so they don't get to see me as often. So. You know, they always want to know when the big shows are, and and everybody just loves World Cafe Live, and I love XPN, so it's just you know whenever I play there, it's it's a big deal and it's a big occasion, and also it's around the holidays. It's like you know, those are those are the times that you want to get together, so it's always good to have your your local local family come out and see the shows. Yeah, she's got a gig coming up soon at the um, I think the New Hope Winery. You ever play there? Oh, I've heard good things about the, the wineries are actually a big deal now. Have you looked into it? You know, I, I'll be honest with you. There's so many, so many venues um, <laughs> that you can't play them all. <laughs> oh, I know. So, but Andrea, New Hope. I mean, that's the greatest place. Oh, I've played New Hope. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I played at, uh, what is it, Havana? Havana, and, yeah. Is it John and Peter's? Oh, I love New Hope. New Hope's one of my favorite places. You, ever, uh, um, you ever go to Triumph Brewery? That's a great place, too. I've never played there, but I've, I've drank there. <laughs> I get cravings for the Triumph burgers sometimes. I'd like have to go there. Nice. I need you to give a shout out, or I need to give a shout out, and then you can comment. Sure. You have a killer cello player in your YouTube video. Oh videos. my gosh, she's the best. And I guess her name's Andrea too. I thought I heard you say give it up for Andrea or something like that. Yeah. She is somebody that I met uh, probably about five years ago. A, a, a random open mic in Philly and I gave her my CD and we have some mutual friends. And I said, you know, I, my, my CD had strings on it, even though she wasn't the one that played on it. And I was going to ask about that uh, because your CD has like violin or viola, not cello so much. So the echo was the one that she did not play on. And they did, I, they, I think they did three string instruments for those arrangements and then fire she played on and human she played on. Yeah, we we just immediately clicked and she's been just fabulous to work with and one of my best friends now and she's so creative and really talented and I love I, I wish I could play all my shows with her, but you know, everybody's busy and, and has stuff to do. She shares your passion in her playing. I mean she really enhances Absolutely. it because it's like a, an extension of you and she, And she's also one of the most humble people I've ever met. <laughs> so it's like such a joy to work with her. Um, I'm glad I got that, you know, got that in there. So then the other thing I read about you is you have some pet causes that you do fundraising for um the American yeah. Foundation for Suicide Prevention and uh Mile Music is Love Exchange. Yeah. I need to update my bio and, and throw musicians on call in there because that's definitely one that I've been. You've been doing um, that? I have over the last two years I've been doing it and it's, it's really just an amazing, 
amazing organization. What do you have to do to get involved with musicians on call? Because I was actually thinking about that myself. Yeah. So it's a, you go on there, I think it's musiciansoncall.org and they have a um, process where you can submit an application and then you pick the area that you would be able to perform in. So um, I picked the Philly hospital area and they, it's a pretty expensive process. Um, I've probably chased after that for a couple of years before I actually got um, into the program. And then you have to take a bunch of tests because there's a lot of procedure that you need to follow because you're, you're, you're playing for the bedside of patients. Right. You have a guide that works with you. You need to understand HIPAA compliance. And so it's, it's not your typical, you know, easy um, gig. It's, it's definitely something that you need to take very seriously and, and it's really super, 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 super rewarding, though, to, to go and play for, for patients. And it's one of my favorite organizations right now. And are you still with the, doing the Music is Love Exchange? I, I hadn't actually heard of it until I read your bio. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't been to Guatemala in a while, but they still do it every year. I'm still very close with, uh, you know, all the people that, uh, that head out there. There's a band called Hey Monet, and um, there is... Uh, Paul, usually Paul Fowl and Anna Rose and, and Megan Farrell, they all have kind of been the, the steadfast crew that, that heads out there. And then they bring, you know, whoever else wants to come. It's usually a group of about 20 people. And it's, it's the, the challenge I have now is it's in December and I, I just can't go in December. So if they start to make multiple trips, I might be able to go back, but it's really just a, a wonderful experience to do that kind of service work and then have music attached to it. The kids are, are fantastic. The hospital is amazing. And um, you really understand that even though you don't speak the same language, you know, music is the, the common thread that connects us all. And it's really special to share that with uh, with another culture. So, so Mile is actually um, a Guatemalan-based organization. No, I think it's. I think it was founded actually out of Louisiana, and the the area that they choose to work in is is Guatemala. Okay, gotcha. Getting back to the um, playing bedside uh, uh, musicians on call. When I first came back to California, my father had just recently passed away from Parkinson's disease, and I spent the year before traveling back and forth between California and Philly, trying to just help out with him, you know, before he passed away, and so when you know, that's kind of what made me come back here. Uh, and so uh, I moved in with my sister, and she lived across the street from the Sheltonham uh, Rehab Center. You know, it was like a, uh, you know, like an old age home. And I, yeah. It was right across the street, and I kept looking over there, and I'm like, I'm going to go I'm gonna go over there and just see if I can volunteer, to, you know, because I just felt like I needed to give back, you know, after what my dad had gone through, so... I walked in and and uh, they said she said well um, we don't really have a volunteer program but they they pay people to play here so I ended up getting a job for two years playing at the, oh. playing there but musicians on call has kind of caught my eye I haven't really looked into it so I'm glad you um, were able to enlighten me about that oh definitely take a look at it it's a really wonderful wonderful company or uh, organization and and. I, I definitely any any musician that has the time to volunteer for that should should submit and and try to. And you, now, what kind of stuff do you play? You play your own songs? No, so they actually give you a list of songs to play because it needs to stay kind of uplifting, and you need to avoid certain topics that could be controversial. So it's they give you a 
I the songs that I really like to play are um, I I cover Stand by Me, I cover Lean on Me, I cover um, Come Away with Me by Nora Jones. That's always like a really pretty one. Wonderful tonight. Um, yeah, so wonderful tonight, go, but not tears in heaven. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you get it, right? Um, well, yeah. so I bet I have a lot of songs in my repertoire yeah, you want, that would you want work. To make, you want to make them happy. Don't yeah. worry, be happy's good. <laughs> Three Little Birds. Yeah, I cover yeah. that one. Oh, I know uh, all that stuff. Yeah, okay. exactly. I, then yeah. I have to do it. I, I, yeah, I'm obligated, I, I, I believe, I'm obligated to do that. Yeah, you're called, called to do that. It's a really beautiful, beautiful thing. Fun and you fun. always just have these really special moments with the patients and their families. And it's, it's really just a rewarding a rewarding way to spend your time. Right. Plus, I have a ukulele. That can't hurt. No, never. That's beautiful. Do you have a ukulele? You know how much more um, portable they are than guitars. You can sneak them yeah, in Yeah, I, I do not have a ukulele. I've never been a, a uke person. No? No. Well, I'd explore it, Andrea. <laughs> They're actually... Yeah, well, hey. it's uh... Just pick up a cheap one just to have. You might find yourself actually gravitating toward it on some songs. Yeah. I could be wrong, but it's just, uh, it's just me. So, okay, so get, let's get serious here. So, um, um, oh, and you, you were talking about final stages of life and all that is unknown. What was that about? The yeah, What are you referring so, to yeah, there? So, so that was, yeah, what am I referring to? So yeah. the, um, the song that I'm referring to when I talk about that is Honey Whiskey, and that is the song that I wrote uh, when my wife's um, stepfather passed away and the chorus in that is, is basically like nobody knows where we go when we die you know but I'll see you soon kind of the my belief about afterlife is still somewhat up in the air but I'd like to, to think that we do get to reunite with the people that are no longer with us and so that that's kind of where I was uh, going with that comment and my wife is a hospice social worker, so I kind of watched over the years her, you know, what her job actually means and, and how you give people comfort at the end of their life. And, you know, that's just kind of things that came up for me as I was writing that song. I can relate to a lot of what you're saying. It reminds me of the yeah. line in a David Bowie song where he says, knowledge comes with death's release. So it's like we mm. don't, none of us know what happens until that actually is us. Okay. I didn't mean to get too heavy there, but now, Hey, listen, I write a lot of heavy. <laughs> heavy stuff, <laughs> yeah, you do. So it's fine. <laughs> it's funny. Cause I didn't really listen to honey whiskey. I, and I remember you played it at world cafe live. Yeah. You should go take a, take another listen. I'm going to have it's to take one. another it's listen. One of my favorite songs. It's, it's a heavy one, but it's one of my favorites. All right. I will see honey whiskey to me. is like one of my favorite beverages in the world. <laughs> well, that's what I used to. That's what I used to drink with Tommy. So that's the uh, that's the that's the whole point of the song. Yeah. Well, in closing, I have two questions, which might be sure. three questions. Who should I call next, and what should I ask them? This is sort of like Ooh. my referral thing, where you tell me who I should be talking to for Tales of the Road Warriors. Let me think about that. That's a tough one. All right. Want me to move on to the next one, and then you can. Close out with a, a suggestion if you have one. Yeah, ask me one more question and then we'll close out with a suggestion. That sounds sounds like a plan. Well, the last one, this next question is really all on you. Shameless plugs and self promotion. What are you working on musically, and how can people help you out with your <laughs> pet causes? 
I love it. Okay. Um, <laughs> shameless self-promotion. Okay. Honestly, I am, so I have actually taken a break from touring, which is very different than my normal, you know, hustle and bustle, uh, type of, uh, lifestyle, uh, shameless self-promotion. I got asked to be a keynote speaker at the, um, Cape May singer songwriter music festival. That's at the end of March, which is really a special, um, event and you know how things kind of come full circle because I remember sitting in the audience you know wondering what I was going to do as a musician in uh, at that conference and so it's cool to kind of be a keynote speaker for that um, and then I would say you know I'm on a, a path to uh, collaborate with as many you know local musicians as I can this year to try to kind of create something outside of what I would normally create just by myself so that's kind of uh, another area that I'm exploring um, this year, which is, is kind of different than, than what I've done in the past. And yeah, that, that would be kind of my, my, my big things coming up. Um, and then I, I, I'll probably end up touring in the fall and uh, hopefully have some new music for everybody. Very, are you working on a CD at, at the moment or just writing some new stuff to... Yeah, I have I have kind of a collection of half written ideas, and so I'm trying to work on those, and then I'm trying to kind of do some some co writes with some some local Philly musicians. And the website is andreanardello dot com. That is correct. All right, because we can't leave that out. So I would recommend that you talk to Emily Draker. Have you ever interviewed her or heard mm-hmm. of her music? Nope. All right. But I'm writing she it down. Is, yeah. She's one of my favorite uh, local musicians. She is, well, you mentioned a uke, and she plays that. And wait, 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 um, What's her last name? Drinker, D-R-I-N-K-E-R. Okay, because I think when you said uke, I just rang a bell. I think I have heard of her. Yeah, she's fantastic. She's a brilliant writer. She collaborates with a lot of artists. She plays a lot of shows she's done a lot of stuff she's she's really uh really magnificent what in particular if if you can think of anything should i bring up with her or ask her got a question that like would be a good question for her i would ask her about her songwriting process um because i always think that's an interesting thing to talk about with singer songwriters because it's different than creating with a band even though she has a band i don't know that she writes with her band you know what i mean so i would i would be curious about that well then, I I'll follow up on that. I don't know when. I just but uh, yeah, no, it's always good intel. No Andrea. problem. <laughs> well, it's really been a pleasure. I I, I hope I hope uh, it was painless for you. Oh, it was wonderful. I I really enjoyed this conversation. I appreciate it. Well, thanks, and I'll I'll, I'll see you around town because uh, since I live in the area, it's inev- inevitable I'll, I'll see you somewhere playing out. So at least I hope so. All right, have a great All week right. and. Uh, all right. right on. That's W R I T. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> Have a good one, Al. Well, there you have it, Andrea Nardello. Thank you so much for talking to me, Andrea. That was a lot of fun. She's a, she's a fun lady, isn't she? So. Make sure you go to talesoftheroadwarriors.com where you'll find links to all the, uh, you know, her website and all the things we talked about. 
By the way, at the beginning of this podcast, I mentioned that I shop for Shipt, S-H-I-P-T. I'm a Shipt shopper, so go to Shipt.com. If you want to sign up either to get have your groceries delivered to you or your prescriptions delivered to you, or if you want to become a, a delivery person yourself and help out during this crisis, when you sign up, use my code. It's the letter D, as in David, 22AA0. So that's D22AA0. And uh, use that when you sign up for Shipped at Shipped.com. Uh, remember, there's a contest, and the grand prize is a sheet of Costco toilet paper by Kirkland. And second runner-up will receive a gauze pad soaked in alcohol, water, uh, dish soap, fragrance. No, well, fragrance. A drop of, of lemon juice and uh, some hand lotion to make it soft on your hands. Keep your hands feeling soft and, and nice. Okay. Uh, that 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 does it for me. You guys take care out there. Be safe. We're all in this apocalypse together. Until then, I got some deliveries to do, so I'm going for a drive. Yeah.